Tesla's Cybertruck is still on track to have a delivery event later this year, likely in September or October. That is just a few months away. Elon Musk has been continuing to say bullish statements about the vehicle. He has said that it's going to be the best vehicle we've ever made, as well as saying that it will have the most technology ever. In this video, we will review some of the technologies the Cybertruck might have, both the known and the unknown potential ones as well. Elon has promised the vehicle will be able to serve briefly as a boat to cross rivers and lakes, and has said it will be able to cross a channel to get from Starbase to South Padre Island. So how might this work? We have Dr. Scott Walter joining us today. Scott is an aerospace engineer with a PhD in mechanical engineering and has co-founded two robotics companies. Welcome back to the channel again, Scott. Thank you again for joining me. Hello, Herbert. Yeah, it's great to be back. All right, let's get brighter. Wonderful, Scott. So this uh, this Cybertruck is absolutely exciting. Uh, you know, Elon has continued to just pump it up and saying this is going to be the greatest vehicle they've ever made. So one of the big things that people are expecting, I mean, there's going to be lots of different technology we don't even know about, but one that he has very much hinted upon is that this truck can act like a boat. So tell me what you're thinking and uh, how do you want to set this up? Okay, well, if you remember at the uh, Cybertruck uh, unveil, and we learned a few That's things good. about the Cybertruck. And you know, one of the first things was it was made out of uh, hard roll uh, stainless steel, which meant it should be corrosion proof. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing we found out is that I guess the glass wasn't quite as bulletproof as we thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. uh, certainly uh, Elon intimated about a lot of things. One of the things he didn't intimate about is, is whether it could flow. But that doesn't mean there wasn't a lot of idle speculation about that because everyone knows Elon loves the submarine from the James Bond movie, the car that converted into a submarine. So I think yeah. it was a couple of days later that already you were seeing some fan um, art out there of showing the Cybertruck as a boat. So I think the next image there, you, you might remember it came out like two or three days later, <laughs> of just showing yeah. the Cybertruck out there and everything else. And so it captured the popular imagination and it clearly was idle speculation up to that point. Uh, and it wasn't until I think September 29th, 2022, that Elon went, allowed us to go from, let's say, idle speculation to informed speculation. So there's that tweet um, yeah, that I think kind of came up right there that the Cybertruck yeah. will be waterproof, you know, and enough to, to briefly uh, serve as a boat, uh, you know, to cross rivers, lakes, and even the seas that are not too choppy with a little bit more. And, th and this, I think, is kind of interesting where he says, needs to be able to get from Starbase uh, to South Padre Island, which requires crossing the channel. Now, rather than just saying capable of, to me, it sounds more imperative. It's just like absolutely wants to make sure it can get yeah. over to South Padre Island. I mean, that's what the Cybertruck is all about in his mind, to cut that commuting distance down a little bit to make it a little bit easier. Uh, and of course, we were going to talk a little bit uh, about the Cybertruck technologies right after the uh, shareholder day. Uh, and other things came up like Optimus. We talked about that instead. And meanwhile, Connecting the Dots uh, already put out a video sort of talking a little bit about it. And when I saw that video, he did a lot of the same calculations I did. So it's like, oh, very good. We're thinking along the same lines. But uh, there's also, I think, a little bit more we can add to it. And he covers a lot of topics in there that we're not going to cover. So it's a really good compendium to this and that make sure to watch it after <laughs> you watch this one. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, you know, the, the, the next thing is, of course, going from Elon's tweet, he says he wants to be able to cross 
uh, this channel. And the other thing we should we should look at is when he talks about rivers. Okay, um, streams I would feel comfortable with. Small rivers, the Mississippi, I wouldn't try it or anything that's got a natural current. You've <laughs> right. got to make sure you have a bank that you, actually allows you to easily get in the river or the body of water and out. Uh, so lakes, not too big a lake. A pond I'd be comfortable with and definitely not an ocean. At least he said it's not going to cross an ocean or anything like that soon. Uh, but it should be, when you're talking about a sea, that it should be able to withstand salt water. And certainly we know when we think of a sea, we have that with stainless steel, it should be able to do that. So we have to talk about what requirements it would have to be able to make sure it's able to handle immersion in salt water over a period of time like what's going to be necessary. So we'll yeah, go back I, to that I map. Wanna, okay. Yep. Before mm -hmm. we go to the map and talk about this, just, you know, the, the look back up again, you know, it sounds cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> just because we saw the James Bond uh, Lotus being able to go into the water. That was a cool movie scene. How, how much of a need is this, do you think? Like, is this to, for cool factor? Or do you think this actually has real functional uh, capabilities that people will buy the truck because it can do this? You know, if, if, if it's think, not a full yes. boat, if it can't stay on the, you know, for you on the fishing trip, then it's just crossing a small, tiny, and you'll, t you'll tell me exactly how far it might go, but Right. Well, I, I think there, there certainly are a lot of situations where um, we have floods, we, we have heavy rains and stuff like that. A lot of times people use their cars in situations that they shouldn't because they think the pot, the puddle is only like a foot and a half deep and they can make it across and poof, they get out there in their engine stalls or something like that or a current comes in there. So, but I think the real practical use he's looking at is not so much as a boat, but as a ferry to be able to kind of make those crossings where it's a really long way to get around somewhere and a lot of people are going to find that useful. Actually, I'd kind of find it useful right around where I am right here. You know, it's like if he doesn't get the, the cyber truck here soon enough so I can get off my island sometimes when the, the bridge backs <laughs> up, I'm going to ask yeah. if the boring co uh, company can come out here and build a tunnel in my backyard because sometimes I, I have to check <laughs> Google Maps all the time to be able to, to make it to the mainland if I need to pick up some supplies. So yeah, I, I used I, to live in uh, Vancouver, uh, Canada. And I went to university at University of British Columbia and lived in West Vancouver. And so we'd always have to drive over the Lionsgate Bridge, go through the city and get into the university. So at that time, I was fantasizing, wouldn't it be great if I could just yeah. cross right across this little channel here, yes. this little... So uh, I, I mean, I don't know, is that, is that legal? Everyone wishes that. <laughs> everyone wishes you could do that. And I guess that kind of fits into briefly as a boat. He got a little bit of pushback, yeah. I think, whether it's from the Coast Guard or some others to say that, you know, it's either it's a boat or it's not. I mean, you don't want mm -hmm. something to act briefly as a boat because then something when it's not, you're in a little bit of trouble. So everyone's going to have to be very careful thinking about it, that this is going to be a recreational vehicle that's your boat. No, if you need a boat, buy a boat. But if you need a car that can sometimes act as a boat to be able to get across water or camping trips or something like that, or again, like a flash flood happens, emergency situation, you'd be able to use it for that. So, and we're going to, we'll have to take a look because his first spec, okay. of course, is to be able to cross the island uh, to get over there and to see what's going on. So for those who are not familiar with Starbase, this is the, the map of the area. And uh, Herbert, are you able to, to kind of circle or kind of show where Boca Chica is? So the state park uh, is up a little bit more. You'll see where Boca Chica, that's right there. That's right around where Starbase is. And South Padre Island is up a little bit north, and that's where a lot of the hotels and restaurants and entertainment is. And that's where a lot of people like to stay. But in order to get there, and I think it's like on the next 
slide will sort of see what it's like to get there. So according to Google Maps, when I did it, <laughs> yeah, it's about a 53 minute drive. Now, if you're really lucky, you might be able to do it in 45 minutes, but you can see it's already 40 miles. So that's already a stretch to do it in 45 minutes. And that's not 60 mile per hour traffic. You've also got a border stop that you've, you've always got to go through to make sure um, you're allowed in the country. Uh, and then you have traffic when you get down around Brownsville to be able to come around there. And then when you get over to Port Isabel, yeah, you'll always get traffic there. You've got a bridge to get over to Port Isabel. Sometimes they'll just have a parade for no reason. Like the one time I was there, <laughs> traffic was just backed up for I don't know what it was. And then you have the main bridge you get to, uh, to, to Boca Chica. So there's no guarantee, even if Google Maps says you can do it in 53 minutes, that you'll be able to. So what you'd like to be able to do is make it on up. So um, I've got another image here that shows a little bit more like the, the route that Elon's talking about. Now, mm -hmm. there is no road that goes from the beach up to where the crossing point is. Oh, There is just beach okay. along there. So you okay. would need a vehicle that could drive along the beach. Now, it turns out in Texas and down there, to my shock, you're actually allowed to drive on the beach. Wow. In Florida, that's a no-no. I mean, there may yeah. be maybe over in Daytona a few places, but where I am, no, that's a ticketing offense right away. You do not drive on the beach. Mm -hmm. But uh, down there in Texas, at least in Boca Chica, you actually can. So you would have to drive up to a crossing point. And so I've kind of circled what that crossing point looks like. Mm -hmm. And so if we, I think the next one, we get a little bit of a zoom in and we'll be able to see from a satellite exactly what it looks like. Okay. So, so now you can see we, we have um, th this pass and we've got a, a channel that's there in the inlet and the jetties that um, protect the channels. And you've got some heavy ships going through there. So you got to keep that in mind as well. Now, you just can't cross anywhere there. You might think, oh, just get up to that one tip and go over there. No, that's right. a jetty, and you cannot land there at all. And you don't even want to try to go around there. So it's not like you're going to go up the beach and then try to, to go out in the ocean and back on in. There's going to be a lot of uh, rip currents and everything oh. else around there. So that is yeah. not recommended. So you'd want to do it more in and on the bay. Now, the problem with the bay is that for erosion control, they have a lot of this rock that they call riprap rip along mm. there that covers mm -hmm. almost that entire section there of the bay. Now, you, mm -hmm. if you look at the lower southwest corner of the bay, there's beach there, but the rest of it is rock. And I've, I've got an image that I took uh, for at the Starship launch. Uh, I call it the non-launch because I wasn't actually there for the launch. On the next page, I think we'll be able to see that, where <laughs> if you look on the left side there, yeah. you can see what the rocks look like. So that's out near the yeah. jetty. And then, of course, you can see uh, from you know my vantage point, everyone is standing on rock there. And mm -hmm. if you look straight across over where Starship is, all that coast there, all that line there, that's all rocky as well. And it's not until you get to the right side where you see those boats over there that you begin to see a little bit of beach. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. the only place that you'd be able to enter the water is right around there. So, we, so the, the next slide there will show a little bit more um, of kind of the idea is that we want to go between the closest two points there. The only thing about the closest two points, you get something called the Venturi effect. So that means your currents are going to be a little bit faster. So you have to time it when the tide is not going out or coming in. So you want to get it right at the point where you won't have quite that much flow. Otherwise, it, it could be pretty strong there. So I think of the next image, I, I kind of blow it up a little bit. And this is basically the crossing that you're going to do. So uh, you know, we're able to see that it looks like I don't know if, if it's walking trails around there, if those are actually roads or that you know dune buggies are going around in there. So it looks like there might be some way to navigate yourself down to that beach. That's your crossing point. And then you go over to the Cameron County Amphitheater, and there is a boat ramp right there. So that's how you would get back up out of the water. So you would how, cross how from there, and then you might be able yeah. to. 
and that is about half a kilometer. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, so it's, it's not even half a mile. It's a little bit less than a half yeah. a mile, so ha half a kilometer. So that's an idea of what we have <laughs> and probably what the crossing would look like. So now knowing that that's how far we have to go, and the idea is that we want to beat 45 minutes, right? Because uh, that might be the best, or at least an hour. It's not going to be worth it if it takes us two hours to do this. So uh, we need to make sure that we can clearly get the crossing uh, fast enough that we'd be faster than someone just driving all the way around, uh, not the long way. And I've got a calculation coming up here on the next page that will illustrate, you know, sort of what the speed of the boat has to be. So I think if we, okay, so um, <laughs> <Stuck tours. laughs> do I have that one? Let, I, go back up one. I think it's it's the one before this. Is no, there a slide no, just before no. this or not? No. If I, oh, okay, okay. So okay, so here we go. Let's take let's let's go back up to the duck boat. Yep. So okay. I've got a little bit different in my head, but in the Second World War, there were these uh, boats that were called uh, DUKWs that were used, I think, for like mm. Normandy invasion and everything else. And they basically, you know, they're known as the duck boat and the famous duck boats oh. in Boston. You can go on, and so they're a boat that they put wheels on. You can see they have a propeller, and they have yeah. a top speed of about six knots, which to us landlubbers is like six and a half miles per hour or about 10 kilometers per hour. And then there was also in the 60s, this rather uh, infamous, uh, very famous car called the Amphicar, which if you <laughs> go to Disney World in Florida, to Disney Springs, you can actually take a ride in these. They have a fleet of them there. And I remember seeing those driving around when I was a kid every now and then, because you'd see the props in the back. So they had propellers back there. And it was able to hit a top speed also of about seven knots. So mm -hmm. that's right, right around eight miles per hour. And then there are other examples of these uh, vehicles that are, are amphibious that these with gigantic wheels that are not necessarily <laughs> meant to yeah. go. I mean, they can go anywhere except like on the highway because the wheels are just so big and ridiculous. So they can do a lot of things and it looks like they're a big water wheel. They're, they're used mainly to float and they're not that fast. They're, they're really yeah. hard to navigate. You're not going to be able to go quite as fast as that. So most of the amphibious vehicles you have out there, short of these guys have taken like these Hummers and like souped them up with these big outboard engines and everything like that. You're talking something in the order of about 10 knots maximum speed. Mm -hmm. And the thing about boating is that, you know, 10 knots may seem kind of slow. 10 knots, 10 miles per hour, whatever you want to think of that. Um, but for a boat, it actually can be pretty fast because it depends upon your the hull speed, the design of your hull and how gracefully it's able to go. So if you have a nice shape, you're able to cut through the water, but at mm -hmm. some point you get up to the speed that the water can't get out of the way fast enough and it starts to build up. And you start seeing it building up in front of the boat. And now basically you have to kind of push through that water to get up and going and it starts slowing you down. So it's very easy to go at a slow speed. So, and then once you get somewhere around five miles per hour, you start pushing so much, it gets harder and harder. And we're able to see in that amphicar that you can see all that water that's being pushed out. Now, most cars are not designed like boats. They're designed like barges. It's like they've got this big snowplow in front of them and they're pushing the water in front of them rather than trying to get it around the side. And so what ends up happening is that you need a lot of extra power to get kind of up. And so when I go out in my boat with a little bit of power, I can go three, four, up to five miles per hour. It doesn't seem very much. And I give it a little bit more and suddenly it just like it gets a little bit harder, get a little bit harder. The water starts raising up and raising up and you're really going to give it a lot of power to get over it. Once you get that transition and get the boat up to a plane, then suddenly you start moving a lot faster. So that's so that the thing is, if you want to go fast, then you need to have a lot of power. Um, but if you want to go like 10 knots, it's going to be a bit tricky. You're going to have to have a good hull design. You have to get up and out. 
So yeah, as far as I'm concerned, 10 knots is like the max the yeah. Cybertruck would be able to do with that design. Correct. Yeah. This is why my question earlier, right? This is just a, mm -hmm. was it, is this more like a party trick, right? So I've built right. a purpose built right. vehicle for being the best truck that you can possibly design. Right. They built it from that perspective first. Of course, they also built it with the perspective of how to how to manufacture and scale it. And that's why they came up with the exoskeleton steel, um, mm -hmm. all these different reasons why. Then this idea for it to be a boat, it's more like a party trick, right? It's just going to be, yes. oh, it'd be kind of cool if it can do this. Or do you think, because I know that we're going to be talking about how in order to be doing, if you're in order to do this, you need a few things to be thought through, like waterproof yes. and how is it going to propulse? And we'll talk about that. But is this a party trick or is there a real functionality, do you think, that they're building yes. it? And did they redesign, let's say, like you're saying, the front, not only to be the best electric vehicle out there, but also to act like a boat? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how much would awesome. you design this for the purpose of it navigating I in the water? Right. I mean, I think that the purpose of it is to be the most efficient land electric land vehicle possible in its class. And as you start making it a boat, you could start compromising certain things that may not make it no, so longer. No, it would no longer be that good. So yeah. you have to be careful of putting in things that you don't really need for everyday use. That means the propulsion system. That's the thing we're trying to figure out. Are they going to have a propulsion <laughs> system expressly for the water? which will allow you to have these, these great speeds that you would occasionally use, or is it going to be optional? Or are they figuring out some trick how to do it with what they have just to be able to do something like make the short crossing? And that's where I think in, in the next slide, we get an idea that it's like, you know, what are the speeds we've got to get out of this thing? Mm -hmm. And, and you, so- You've the, got ideas of yeah. how they might do propulsion. So I'm excited when yes, you get that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, this, this I mean, the first thing is, is if we're able to go one kilometer per hour, that means yeah. it's going to take 30 minutes to cross. <laughs> and then, you know, you got to remember, it's probably also 10 to 15 minutes just to get to that point. So you're already around 30 minutes. So you are already around 40 minutes. So you may not have gained much time to be able to do that. If a little bit faster, you know, three kilometers per hour, which should be achievable, it's a 10 minute crossing. And then it's like, mm, not too bad. And if you can get five mm -hmm. kilometers per hour, you know, it gets even better. You know, at some point there's almost diminishing returns. I mean, it, so what if we are able to go 20 or 30? Three minutes, that's almost nothing to be able to cross. Now, the reason why you might want to have a little bit of speed is if you've got currents, which could potentially be up to mm. 10 kilometers per hour, you need to be, be able to go more than one kilometer per hour. I mean, five might be the absolute minimum that I would feel marginally safe to, to go out there. But even then, you need to constantly consider the tide tables and know what's going on. And maybe there'd be something in the navigation app to let you know whether it's actually safe to cross now or not. Mm. And the whole thing is that, you know, a lot of times they talk about with boating and airplanes, it's it's always about the power to weight. And it's not really about the power to weight because we agree the Cybertruck has a lot of power. It's about propulsion to weight and how we can take that power and actually turn it into effective propulsion. Because without that, we really won't be able to do a whole lot. So uh, that's a, the next thing we, we need to look at is like, is it possible to be able to get forward motion? But before we do that, we have to ask, I think is the most important question. And that is the first time, you know, I saw it and everyone talked about the boat. I was like, hmm, can it even float? <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it going to sink? Because, you know, every time you watch a movie and the car goes, you know, off the bridge, it hits the water and like instantly it's 30 feet underneath. So it's like mm -hmm. we get it in our brains. Cars sink right away. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I remember seeing this this video uh, that, that's coming up uh, a couple of years ago about turning um, 
a Model S into a submarine? Because everyone's always wondered, you know, can Elon <laughs> make a, a cyber submarine or something like that? So this was like, I was in there, it's like, oh man, it's like the Model S, it's clearly underwater. No way the cyber trucks are gonna be able to float. So this is chilling with Chet. It's really interesting. He wanted to kind of prove the point that you could do it. Now, the interesting thing, in order to pull off the stunt to turn the submarine, you know what he had to do is go to the next slide. What people will do. This is crazy. What's yeah, the yeah, point? It's, it's fun. You, you, you got to watch this. Look, okay. look what's behind him there. Do you see what's behind him there? Uh, what's behind Those this are weights. Here? Those are lots of weights. Look what's in his trunk. The next image, you're going to see what's in his trunk. Uh, so you had to add weights. Oh my god! You needed to add tons and tons of ballast. Oh, to keep it because the model. Keep it. Yes. Yeah, so even though you have a heavy battery pack, yeah, they had to load it so much they were beyond what was actually recommended as a payload. They were a little bit above it, so they had to put thousands of extra pounds in here in order to get it to sink down that much. <laughs> and then, of course, he was trying to use the traction on the ground, so he still was kind of on the ground to be able to do that. And of course, because he's got a little bit of buoyancy, it's not the normal traction you had. It's it's a really interesting, and it was a little bit leaky. I mean, it's not designed, and they did a few things to make sure it, it didn't sink right away. But they wanted to prove that you could potentially use it as a submarine if you had to. The thing okay. is, to get it down that deep, you need a lot of weight. So it was like, aha, you know, that means maybe the Cybertruck is just not going to sink right away. And the thing about cars is like all cars can float. And we'll see in the next, this next image an example of a car floating. We see this all the time when there yeah. are floods. The problem yeah. is that when cars float, they float unevenly. <laughs> you know, the mm -hmm. engine compartment is very heavy and it, bloop, it goes down. The advantage mm -hmm. of the Teslas is that because the weight is in the middle, it's already right. going to be kind of stable. So that's yeah. like the first thing is like we don't have to worry about the Cybertruck <laughs> being nose down or anything like that. It's probably going to be pretty stable because of that. And we know cars will float for a bit until the water gets in, they fill up with water, and that's when they sink. That tends to be the problem. So okay. the question is, is the Cybertruck going to float? And now is when we go into the geeky math part, which hopefully won't be that bad for you. So the first thing I, I said, I, I got to get this. I thought at first, yeah, I thought at first you were going to say that it's going to become a submarine because <laughs> that is what uh, the Lotus yeah. in the James Bond movie right. that uh, Layla loves so much. But no, you're just saying, no, it's going to float. Yeah, and it turns <laughs> out it's not so easy to make that Lotus actually sink. Okay. That, that thing, yeah. So, um, okay. So I get this information from the Cybertruck Owners Club because I wasn't quite sure what the dimensions are. And so I made a little spreadsheet showing what some of the different dimensions are on there to get an idea. Now, there were different sources out there saying what the Cybertruck mass is going to be. Some said it was like 27 to 50 kilograms. Some said there would be 3,000. I said, oh, okay, I'll use either one of them. And connecting the dots did a very similar kind of calculation here. You basically, the length and the width gives you an area, and then you have to figure, well, how deep do you have to go down there for the displacement, you know, calculate the volume to be equal to that amount of mass in water. And it turns out that if you do look at an in inches, um, unloaded, the Cybertruck is going to go down about nine inches in the water mm -hmm. from the bottom of it. So that's not mm -hmm. very much. And then if it's 3000, it's almost 10 inches. And if you go with the full payload, it's going to be right around 15 inches. So it's going to go down 15 inches. That's where it's going to be when it floats. Mm -hmm. So the next image, we'll get an idea of exactly what that is. So there is a picture right there. So I took that image and said, all right, that's oh, nice 15 inches, on. not from the ground, but from yeah. the bottom of the Cybertruck. Yeah. So that means it's not up very high. And you can see no. it doesn't quite go above the wheels. It's right around the top of the hubcaps. That's fully loaded. Unloaded is going to be right where that crease is on the bottom oh, line. Perfect. And if, and if you actually look at it, it doesn't even make it to the tailgate. I mean, it's right around where that, that tailgate is in the back, the lift gate. 
So uh, that means it's, you know, you don't really have to worry about it becoming a submarine, which a lot of people might be disappointed. You might be like, oh, wishing, oh, what can we do to make a submarine? And you're going to have to put a lot of weight in there. Believe me, you're going to need a lot of excess ballast and everything else, which who knows, eventually they may have something like that. So to make a submarine, yeah. you would actually need these tanks that you would fill up with water to make it heavy enough to bring it down. So now we have an idea of the depth that it's going to go in and what's going on. Now the question is, how is this thing going to move forward and everything else? So we okay. needed to start yeah. looking at some of the images that are out there. And so we now have some new images that have been coming in. And okay. so um, the first image here is getting an idea of what the wheels look like that are in there. And there's nothing about the wheels no. that scream out to me that there is some sort of turbine in there or propeller or anything else. Um, it does look like water can pass through there. Um, and there's also something interesting about this design that we'll look at it later when we look at the actual hub design. So we've got a couple other images here to get an idea because the reason why I look close in here is like, oh, okay. So uh, yeah, go back to that first image for a second. Uh, one of the reasons I was looking at this one, and I think if we look closely, we may or may not be able to see a stem. Uh, I know I see it in one of the other images, but if, if we proceed forward again, if we look at the, this image that they showed in Investor Day of the um, production that they're starting to do, this, this is the pilot line, you will see what is being carried there looks to be an air cylinder. And there's a close-up of that air cylinder. And so that's somehow being used in the Cybertruck for some purpose, and everyone believes it's, it's for the suspension system. So you would be able to have pneumatic control to be able to change the suspension system. And that's for an off-road vehicle, you absolutely want something like that. That's a pretty big tank. It's about twice the size of a scuba tank. And assuming it has about the same amount of uh, compressed air in it, uh, that's a good volume. But a lot of people say that's about the volume you would need for an off-road vehicle where you have to constantly change the suspension. But if you've got that, there are other things that you can do with that compressed air. And one of them is, is, is I'm just going to ask you, what are like the three maintenance items you have on your Tesla, Herbert? Well, three the, the tires, <laughs> yep. uh, uh, the, the windshield wipers, <laughs> yep. windshield fluid, yeah. And you get a charger, right? Those, those charger, are three things. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, and of course, the one thing that people hate more than anything else is, you know, having to inflate the tires. So yeah. there's a good the chance that, that I think they are going to have self-inflating tires in. Wow. In the Cybertruck. Yeah. Uh, it, well, also, it, if it's for construction workers, then they want the, the power, the pneumatic tools. Right? Yeah, that, that could be also also useful for that. So you, you have that, you have an onboard pump that will be able to fill it up as you need it. So you have a, a limitless supply. There's, there's no doubt oh. about that. And then you could use something like that to be able to do it. Now, there are other, are other vehicles that already do this. So it's, it's not like it's, it's never been done before. So that technology is out there. It's a question of how they do it differently. And when I looked at some of the images that they had, it's not clear that they necessarily are going there, but I'm not sure that Tesla is showing us the wheels yet. And this is where the mystery starts to deepen. Yeah. So uh, we've got a couple other images here where we're starting to see a little bit more of the Tesla truck. And so uh, the Cybertruck. So the this was the lithium plant unveil where we or Ellie was down there and she got some pretty good images of it coming in. And um, so we can look some close-ups. And the first things about here is that there's Elon getting on out. We're trying to get a little bit of an idea of, of what's going on there is remember this vehicle is supposed to be watertight. So we, what we want to do is we want to look at like how many lines are there where water can come in, how many openings can come in. And so when you look really close at the Cybertruck, it sort of tells you there's not a whole lot of places where the water wants to get in. 
that you need mm-hmm. to seal off. And they should be pretty easy to seal off. Obviously, the doors are going to be something else. But around there, especially around where the water level is going to get up, there's not a whole lot of places for that to happen. The other yeah. thing, of course, no door handles. Yes. What do door handles do? Uh, what do door handles do? I don't know. <laughs> they leak. They leak, they you know? Leak. <laughs> so, you know, why in- invite water intrusion? So if you don't have the door handles, you're not going to have a problem to leak. Now, in this image, we get a slight glimpse of what the gasket or seal might look like on that door. Mm. And the thing about the a door that opens out, this is my personal experience and having to deal with some floods around here around my house, is, is the doors that open in, the water comes right on in because the water is pushing right. the door in and it pushes right. it away from the seal. But doors that actually close, uh, not in, but open to the outside, but then close in, when that water pressure gets on there, it actually makes the seal a lot tighter. So that's what's going to happen is as the water gets in there, it's actually going to push the door in and that seal is going to get better and tighter and tighter. So we get a little bit of an idea as, as we go to come, some of the other images here, you'll be able to see that there's just not a whole lot of places that water is going to get in there. And you can see the water line is almost where the yeah. black uh, fish is. How perfect that it says. It doesn't yeah. come up very, very high in, yeah. in many cases. So you don't have to worry about that. That's sealed off pretty well. And the other thing to remember here is that tires tend to be buoyant and you've got active suspension here. So they could take that suspension and they could actually make the tires go down. That could in a sense lift you up out of the water even more, mm. or they could use it for trim control. So if you want the front to be up a little bit more or the back to be up a little bit more, you'd be able to do that. So they have a lot of interesting things they, they can do on, on the control of that. So again, yeah. some nice images here that Ellie took that we're trying to look close in. I was trying to get some close-ups of the wheel wells to get an idea of what's going on in there for the propulsion. And so you'll see these tires. Now, is that what we saw at this Cybertruck unveil or what we've seen a lot of the images for the Cybertruck? I don't remember. Yeah. Well, it's not. I mean, it's hmm. they, they have something a bit different. So whenever we get a close-up view of the Cybertruck, they are not showing us what's really going on there. So if we continue on here and look at this a little bit more, you know, some of the others, again, the nice lines, I don't see if there's going to be any water. Um, so, okay, this image here is another nice close-up of the wheel. You can see that there is a tire stem on there. So clearly this is one that's inflated. Um, but it doesn't have the hubcap on here, the famous hubcap design. Mm-hmm. But it appears in this case they do have the tires that they are planning on using. And I'm looking in the wheel well to see if there's any way that the wheel wells could be designed to help the propulsion on this. And mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. And, and, and so like well, one theory I have is that as, as you spin the wheels, you could try to use them like a water wheel. Like we're used to seeing on those Mississippi river boats, the casino boats with those big water wheels. The thing about those right. water wheels is that they cannot be fully submerged. If they are, they don't work. Half of it has to be above the water for it to work. So with this, you would have to, and you could do it with suspension if you had you know, something on the tires that could actually grab the water to act as a paddle. And these mm-hmm. tires, look at them, they're not that way. So maybe you'd have to have special navigation tires for that. So there's nothing that looks like a paddle to bring that around that would do anything. So that means the tires themselves almost look useless. So the yes. theory would be, well, maybe they're doing something with the rims. The rims, okay. The rims. Now, you can get these uh, turbine rims in the Cybertruck or um, in, in the normal Teslas. And those rims are designed to encourage the airflow to go through to cool the brakes. So mm-hmm. you could say, well, if we put sort of a turbine 
shape in our rims, we could also encourage water to go through. The problem is the water is going to go side to side. It's not going to be going back, you know, and can you steer the wheels back to do that? But the problem is what it's just going to run into the, the wheel well itself. So the only thing is that if they've made the wheel wells designed as some kind of duct that would allow as the water comes in to be sort of shaped or turned around. So it heads back. That might be a trick, but I'm not seeing that. So I was thinking they might be doing something like that but you can't see these images very well. Now, this image here, as you see, is a very different design. This is the famous hub that they actually have a patent for. Right. And it's rather curious. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, this was shown at Investor Day, and this is put up on a pedestal that no one could get very near. Mm -hmm. So it seems like when they don't want you to get up very close, they put these <laughs> things on. When it's yeah. out in the wild, they put the other ones on. So I have a feeling yes. that the rims that we are seeing that we saw at the lithium factory and that we see running around on that camo um, yeah. Cybertruck, those ain't the real rims. Yeah, yeah. They, bit, there's Because something's going on in there. Now, the thing that's sort of funny is that count the number of spokes on there. How many do you have? Three, four, five, six. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Now, I think if you go to the next slide, I think I compare... Okay, so then we look at this, the camo one, where we have that. And then I put them together. I'll, I'll put the two next to each other so we can get a close-up. It's a little bit hard. If you if you look at these here, and if you count the number of sort of spokes there, you get 12. Okay. Now, this one here, the tire that's on the camo does not seem to be the actual tire that's over here on the right side. The right mm -hmm. side, you can see where the seven sort of positions mm -hmm. are that the hub lines mm -hmm. up. And to me, I'm scratching my head. Why do you have one thing that's seven and the hub in yeah. there is 12? I mean, it should right. be like 14 or seven. It should be kind of divisible. So something's a bit weird. And again, yeah. if you go back and look at that hub, the whole idea of that hub cap is to line up with the tire. Now, I worked at a gas station one summer and I had to, to change tires. And I can tell you, when you put the tire on the rim, you don't care where the tire is on the rim. Right. Just so long as it's on the rim. You don't have to position it in a particular way. And then you go ahead and you, and you can throw a hubcap on there. And the hubcap usually has nothing to do with the tire. But in this case, you're putting a hubcap on there. Right. It has to line up with the tire. So that means it's going to be a bit of a hassle to put that on there. There's the other thing. What does this hubcap cover up? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it, it does. It covers up the entire rim that's in there. Yeah. So if you're just, thinking of putting okay. turbine blades or something in there, I mean, you, you're yeah. blocking the flow. So there's no way the flow can go through there. There is something else that's blocking. The valve stem. Right, right, right. If it's you need to, to put yeah. air in the tire, you yeah. got to get that hubcap out of the way. Yeah. All right. So that means there's no valve stem. I would be pretty pissed if I have to go out there and like pop that thing out and everyone and get them back there and going to line it up just right and everything else. So, or right. there is some other trick that's going on there that that hub is able to pop out. I think so. Yeah. It's and, gonna and, be like... and, and it's revealing something behind it. But the, see, the thing yeah. is, I'm thinking it's like, oh, if they get built into the hub, they've got like these seven paddles that are kind of built in. The problem is the paddles won't fit into the rims that's underneath because it's seven going to 12. It just doesn't, the math just doesn't work out. So I was thinking, no, they got something completely different going on in there. <laughs> they, yeah, they, no, they've they got it, So the, it looks cool, but they can pop out and then it's going it to be a cool. propeller. It's going to be a propeller. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now the nice patent find. design says it's yeah. just ornamental. So they have a patent okay. on the thing and it's just like, that's oh, pure ornamental. 
And now look, the design changed a little bit from the unveil. So what I'm showing here is that's uh, uh -huh. 2019 where you're uh -huh. looking at the tread you're saying, well, that tread is definitely going to be able to push water around a little bit. Right. Uh, this one, not this, this tread right. is like, that is for highway driving. That is for getting very good mileage. That's it. And, uh, and also if you look at the center of the hub, it's changed a little bit from that design. The other one is clearly it's a heptagon, which I think is a seven sided yes. figure there. And here you've got a circle inside of the heptagon. So it's something a little bit different. And I was like, trying to look up, it's like, ah, oh, there's like some references to the number seven in Greek mythology and Poseidon and something, you know, I know there's the seven seas and stuff like that. I was like, that's kind of a stretch. You know, I'm trying to do my numerology on there to see if there's anything important. It might just be an aesthetic that they're going on there, but there does seem to be something about it. So if they are trying to get that tire to encourage the flow of water through, it doesn't make sense to have a hubcap unless it's just two designs. They're just saying that we put this thing on here purely for drag. So you get better mileage on the, on the highway. If you want to take it out as a boat, maybe you have to remove it or you get a different kind of rim design. So if they do have a different rim design that's bringing the water in, uh, so connecting the dots is looking at that and he thinks that the flow direction is going to go, um, basically out to in. And I, I've been kind of thinking of that as well. Whereas the current, um, turbine designs that you can get on the Tesla's is actually to take it from out from the underbody and to bring it out evidently to cool the brakes off. And that will also have, it also has the, that if you're pulling it out, it would reduce the drag in the front of the vehicle because it's going to wait a minute. <laughs> okay. I'm just thinking here for a second. <laughs> hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. What'd you think? If you they're able, now I see I, I'm, this thing might get in the way, but it, they might actually be sucking the water out. That, uh, okay. Herbert, I think surfs up. <laughs> All right. Surfs up. <laughs> surfs up. Okay. The problem uh -huh. <laughs> with the boat going forward, it's a snowplow. Yeah. It's making yeah. this huge wall of water in front of it that it can't get through. Yeah. What if you do something to get rid of that wall of water? Uh -huh. Well, what you could do is you could suck it out, right? So yeah. maybe if you get something that's basically literally sucking the water out from there, yeah. you can get that wall of water down so you reduce the drag. If you reduce, if you do it enough, not only can you get rid of the wall of water, you might be able to make a depression right in front of you. Now, in the back, if you run the wheels in reverse, wow. what if you try to do the back thing and actually encourage the water to get higher behind the... <laughs> okay, now, now you can surf. There you go. So wow, you the Cybertruck, you're going to have a depression cool. in front of, Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have a depression in front of it. It's basically going to be falling into this hole that's going to be moving in front of it, and you're going to have this big wave that you're... That might, you know, I wonder if that's how they're thinking of doing it. Mm. You know, yeah, you get SpaceX engineers who are thinking about this stuff. They they know a lot for about sure. safety. I mean, so first of all, <laughs> I mean, from my perspective, like if this is what they showed really early on in 2019, what's the point yeah. of having to? If it's just for ornamental reasons, why would you make changes like this? For it's it's beautiful, but yeah. there's something here, like you can see in the middle here, that it's almost like gear like to me. But it feels like these things are going to pop out, right? They're going to pop yes. out, and that's what that's what the pneumatics could be for. Is with pneumatics, you could just pop something out. These five will pop out, and then all of a sudden they become like a propeller, and they can, and whether they're going to spin this way or this way, they can either push the water that way or the, Maybe. backwards, forward. Maybe. Yeah. So, so it it could be that it becomes a paddle bolt, and 
all you have to do is make sure the axle doesn't go below the water level and then it's going to work it's as so an effective paddle bowl. So cool. Very, very cool. Uh, but yeah. if it's, it, and you could do that, probably you'd be able to allow the wheels to come up a little bit higher if you have to. And we could see where that line is. The line is going right above the rims, but that's when it's fully loaded. So it may be possible they're doing something like that. There, there's something about that rim design that all yeah. along has sort of bothered me. And it might be that seven is really all you need to come up with a pretty good paddle boat. And there's the, um, there's the patent yeah. and the rest, there's a bunch of sheets of the patent. All they're doing is just showing the same kind of cat images from different perspectives. And the claim is it, it's uh, the, the, the claim is I can't quite read it, but the, it, the design is ornamental. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. it. The claim mm -hmm. is the ornamental design. And that, and I always thought that, isn't that what you just do kind of like a trademark or copyright on mm -hmm. an image Why or a, a shape right. or design? Why would you the idea of a patent seems patent kind of funny to me. An ornamental design yeah yes <laughs> yeah for sure interesting there, there's going to so be more cool. coming behind that yeah yeah okay and then you got what's this now the last <laughs> the last thing here is that um they're going to have something to say about this so right. <laughs> uh if you are using your vehicle as a boat of any sort it has to be registered as such in most states um, I mean, in some states, you even have to register your canoe. You know, definitely anything that's a, a powered boat has to be. I don't know if the fact that you have a license plate on your car would be good enough in a lot of states uh, to be able mm -hmm. to allow you to actually go out in the waters. Um, you would, you might have to have a second registration to actually register as a boat to be able to go out there. That's a possibility. Um, and the other thing, of course, is the Coast Guard is probably going to say, if you're using it as a boat, it has to pass some sort of Coast Guard inspection. So a couple of things means that you're going to have to have life preservers in there. So every vehicle, every passenger is going to have one. That's going to be the first thing. Um, the second, you need to have some sort of communication. You need to have a horn or a whistle. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is you're going to need navigation lights. So you're going to have to have a red light and a green light, and you're going to have to have a tail light in the back. But I'm pretty sure with the, the LEDs that you have, uh, yeah. they will probably be able to do something in the front that you'll be able to have a red and green light as necessary for that. Now, maybe it's going to be different for if you're using it for a short period of time, but still, you know, a boat's a boat. If you're thinking of using it that way, if you're encouraging people to do it, there's going to be some sort of regulations. And again, I think the, the Coast Guard is probably going to have a say on whether you're able to do this or not. Okay, very cool. And then so, so many things that you've covered here, but it's very interesting that it seems to be uh, lining up quite nicely, but so many things they had to think through and so here you're talking about the first right. thing is, is a corrosion. It's got to be, if you're going to take this thing out to the water, uh, and it just so happens, right? You're saying, tell me what you're saying here. Stainless steel body, aluminum castings, it's set up for this. Yes. Okay, so a lot of boats, a lot of the fittings you have boats are made out of stainless steel. And they have to be made out of marine stainless steel to make mm -hmm. sure they don't rust. So I, I have some fittings that are allegedly stainless steel, and I can still see a lot brown around there because there's... Uh, waterproof for fresh water and then that salt water is, is way more aggressive so you need so the stainless steel body should be okay but that's if you're sitting next to salt water all the time i mean sometimes you don't even have to be in the water you just have to be around it and the salt air and everything can, can do a lot to stainless steel but if you're sitting in it it's going to be pretty bad um but it shouldn't be that bad because the duration we're talking about is just just a few minutes you are having aluminum castings aluminum is usually can handle uh, especially marine grade aluminum will do pretty well in a marine environment. 
But what you have to be careful is to make sure that you don't come in contact with a different metal. So when you when aluminum comes in contact with stainless steel, you start to get galvanic corrosion. You have to watch out for that. So if they and it is going to be the underbody is going to be aluminum castings with the stainless steel exoskeleton on there. And I assume that at some point you're going to have some contact points. So they're going to have to be concerned with that. But that's easily handled with something called a sacrificial anode. And the sacrificial anode, they do this on, on boats all the time. You find a piece of metal that corrodes faster than all the others in salt water. Because what happens when you have aluminum in contact with iron, if you get you know, a direct contact in salt water, it becomes a battery. And so you just have current kind of flowing. So what you do is you add something else to that current loop, which is zinc usually, or magnesium, but usually it's zinc. And the zinc will be a sacrificial anode in that it will corrode and you just replace it every now and then especially if you're in the water a lot. So I would not be surprised to see that they're going to put something like that on there just to make sure. And the other thing is like, just take it to the car wash after you, you go out with the thing, yeah. just spray it off, you'll be all right. So I do not think any special coatings are going to be necessary for the cyber. I mean, that's the whole idea of being stainless steel. It's like, we don't have to paint this thing. You won't need to rubberize it. You won't need to use anything else. It should be able to handle that fine. So, um, so I'm not concerned that there's going to be a marine addition of this, it probably will be able to do it just kind of as it is out of the box. And like I say, you know, if we got to do something with the lighting, they'll probably have some colored LEDs or something in there that just to make sure that you have the navigation lights. And then the last thing is that I didn't notice whether they will is that if you're going to use it as a boat and you actually want to tie it up at a dock, right. you're going to have to have some provision for some dock lines on there. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. And and this is what I want to do with my Cybertruck is that not too far from me is, is a restaurant that I can get to either by boat or I can drive there. Um, but I don't like driving there because I have valet parking. And I just don't like the idea of letting, you know, <laughs> handing in the water. <laughs> keys to my Tesla over to, to a valet parking. And then it's like, ah, I just won't do this. So we always go there by boat. So when I finally get the Cybertruck, I know I'm going to do it because like right near where that restaurant is, there is a boat launch. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm probably doing so is cool. rather than taking the valet, just go in the boat launch. You just, I'm going to go over like 50 yards, go up to the dock, tie it up on the yeah. dock because there's no valet parking there. You have to do it yourself and then walk on in and just see the looks and everyone's like, what the heck? You know, so, but yeah. we need to make sure we have some sort of dock lines to be able to do that. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And that's the first thing I'm going to do when I get my cyber yeah. truck. So it sounds like, you know, what we covered here today, that it's actually doable. You've you've done a lot of math. You've done a lot of uh, investigation. It looks like that it's very possible for it to float. <laughs> you've <Right>. examined it <laughs> and that doesn't break any physics. And then uh, you, you've even looked at the, the claim that it can go across the channel to get to um, uh, South Padre Island. That's possible. And so it, the question for me is like, you know, all this work for it just to be a parlor trick, or is there going to be something like it's got to drive yeah. sales or it's got to drive usability for the people buying it. Uh, so the very interesting to see how far this goes, or it's just, you know, pretty cool. Mike boat, my, my truck thing, can boat float. Right. It doesn't have enough propulsion for it to be safe because when you're on that canal, there's going to be other boats. Right. And some of them are going to be pretty big boats and they can't get out of your way either. So they have the right of way over small boats. So you've got to make sure you have enough speed. So again, the Coast Guard might be saying, if you can't go this fast, we're not going to let you in yeah. the water. So if they can't do it that way, then it's like, we're thinking, what's the propulsion going to be with the tires and this and that? And it's like, maybe it's Occam's razor. You know, <laughs> the most obvious thing is like, you put a, you put a special motor on there. 
you know, an electric motor, there's plenty of nice little trawling electric motors that you could probably put on there. A lot of people yeah. thought about it's like, just take the hitch and put it in there. You get the power you put in there. So yeah. it might be that they have a simple upgrade or attachment like that that gives you the prop and those motors, they don't, they won't be very big and they can still give you like 50 horse or something like that. That's more than yeah. enough for them. I mean, that, that'll be able to get up to 10 kilometers per hour, even with that whole shape with probably a, a motor like that. So that's the one possibility after studying everything else. But I think the idea is that, ah, oh, we don't want to have to actually put a special prop or motor on there. Let's see if we can actually do it with the design. And maybe there's a couple of subtle things that they would do to design that doesn't compromise anything else. That just works. Like I say, just some kind of special nacelle that they make inside the wheel housing. It's just injection molding we're talking about. You just get the right shape. Who knows? Maybe that water just flows in just right. That's yeah. makes it work. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Scott. That was just fun. I mean, listen, the Cybertruck is coming out in just a few months. This is going to be so fun to find out all the different features and functionality you can do. It sounds very highly likely, 90% or higher, that it's going to be able to float. <laughs> and this was a fun uh, overview that you did. You always seem to find things uh, that others haven't seen, and you did it again today. And then you always seem to think it through, right, when we're doing a, a session. Yeah, so thank you so much. There's always something. And yeah, I kept on looking at those things, and it was only the other day looking at it again and again. And I was like, wait a minute, there's seven yeah. here, there's 12 there. And then there's things I don't notice, like, I think yesterday, the day before, I noticed on full self-driving that the little icon that's up there, the yeah. blue icon, hey, yeah. it actually moves around. You know, I, I hadn't noticed that before. And so I was like, it's been doing it for years. And I, 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 my excuse was like, well, that's this is Scotoma again. Is yeah. that you know you're you're looking, it's right in front of you, and you don't see it. So sometimes you yeah, have see, to study yeah. an image second and third time. A lot of times, I, what I think was good is I had looked at a lot of those images back when we first talked about doing this, and then put it down for a couple of weeks, and it came back, and it's like, yeah. Ah, there's something there. So something that's usually there. the best way to do it. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, Scott. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Welcome, Bye, Herbert. Everybody.